the right door on your way down. There's no telling where you'll end up. Can you make it through? To the night's end. Okay, something different is happening here. A story was attached to that seal that wasn't there before. I think we need to go in the door. What do you think? <laughs> You're right. It feels a little like last time. Don't want to get stuck in another realm again. But something odd is going on here. If there is any chance that there is a threat to this realm, I need to eliminate it. Thank you, friend. I knew I could count on you. Wow. That is one ramshackle looking house. Looks like the door we came through is a door in a tree. Where the hell are we? The way the trees are distanced equally apart in a circle around the house is odd. It makes me think there are some powers at play here. Look at all of the trees. They all have a door in them. Where do you think they lead? You may be right. Other realms make sense. There looks to be grooves above each door. What would they be? Yes, let's head to the house. It appears to be the centralized thing and there is a light from the windows and a sweet smoky smell coming from that chimney. Thank goodness. I thought I'd be stuck in these restraints forever. Hello. Why have you been restrained? Well, it's definitely a long story. If you could help me get these off, I'd be happy to tell you the whole story. Okay. Before we do that, tell us your name. My name is Allegra. I... I've been stuck here a long time. What is your name? Jimmy. My stoic friend here still hasn't divulged their name to me, but I trust them with my life. Nice to meet you, Allegra. Let's get those chains off you, eh? Oh, you have power. 
Yes. Now. Tell us what is going on here. Thank you so much. I'm not sure how much longer my wrists could have survived. Let me make us some tea. Hang on. This is your house. Yes. I will explain all. Let me just get some tea first. As I mentioned before, my name is Allegra, and I am the keeper of this space. I was assigned the task of watching over locked-up dark entities. I'm sure you've noticed the doors in the trees. Have a seat. Thanks. Yes, they were odd. Well, they were all that was keeping those dark entities inside and stopping them from escaping and destroying the universe as we know it. That earthquake broke them free. Hang on. That earthquake only just happened. Ten years ago. What? I'm not sure where you're from, but that was ten years ago. Time must be different here. They have been on the loose and trying to free each other. They're still searching for the seals that open the doors. You have one in your hand right now. Ah, that's what this is. I found this on my side of the door. Yes. I believe they're hidden within the doors. Now that they are unlocked, they are within the reach of the entities. Would you help me? I'm weak from being held prisoner and trapped within this house until all of the seals are put back in the place above the doors. Will you help save the universe? I don't usually get involved in the affairs of other realms. These entities affect us all. If we don't stop them, they will infiltrate all of the realms. What do you think, friend? Another adventure it is, then. <laughs> okay, Allegra. We'll see what we can do. Oh, thank you so much, Jimmy and friend. I don't know what would have happened if you didn't come along. Enter the doors. Find the seals. Bring them back here once you are done, and I will let you know what to do to lock down the area again. Let's get to it. Speak to you soon. Well, we really got ourselves into it, didn't we? Let's start with this door. The one with the moon engraved in it. Moondance by Samantha Bryant Narrated by Rebecca Strazina What the hell? Jasmine closed the door she had just opened and backed into the room again stopping only when the back of her thighs made contact with the end table, shaking the lamp and casting weird shadows up the wall. What? Steve hadn't moved from the sofa. She turned to look at him. The popcorn bowl still sat in his lap. His gaze was still on the silvery television screen. She grunted. Come, look out the window. 
sighing. He shifted to his feet, tucking the popcorn bowl into his arm and joined her at the window. The two of them stood there together, peeking out between the blinds. There had to be 50 people there in the street, ambling slowly towards the edge of town. What do you think is going on? Jasmine found the whole thing a little too weird. When she'd opened the door to sneak back home, she'd expected the usual empty street you find at two in the morning in their tiny town. Not some eerie middle-of-the-night parade. Steve turned back to the television and flipped channels until he landed on the news. Jasmine flopped down next to him, her bounce flinging the last bit of popcorn into the air and onto the rug, much to the joy of the sleepy dog who trotted up to enjoy the dropped snack. The news didn't have anything to say about the large groups of people walking through the streets. You think it's a protest or something? Steve shrugged. I don't know. You want me to walk you home? When he stretched his yawn, his t-shirt pulled up and revealed his beer pouch, reminding Jasmine unpleasantly of the difference between her 17 and his 27 years. Well, 18 now that it was past midnight. At least they were legal now. Jasmine stood up and zipped up her sweater. Another group of people moved silently past the window. She shuddered. You know, actually I do. When they stepped out onto the stoop, they both stopped and watched the people for a while. Jasmine slid her chilled fingers into Steve's warm hand and he squeezed them, a silent reassurance. The crowd was eerily quiet. No one spoke. They even seemed to tread softly on the pavement. No one turned to look at them. All the walkers focused on the path ahead. Actually, no, Jasmine realized. They were all focused on something in the distance. Holding on to the flimsy metal railing, she leaned out into the street and peered ahead, the motion flaking some of the paint off into her palms. The moon was huge in the sky, larger than she could ever remember seeing it. The light diffused through layers of cloud and fog, tinging the giant orb orange. Whoa, check out the moon, she said. But Steve was pushing past her to the street. His mouth hung open in a kind of wonder, and he started walking down the street without a word. He wasn't rushing. She caught up with him easily once she got over the shock of his sudden abandonment and got her feet moving. But when she tugged his sleeve, he didn't even glance her direction. Steve, she punched him on the shoulder. Idiot probably thought it was a great joke. Not funny, asshole. He didn't even blink, just continued down the street with a slow, steady stride, unlike his usual meandering shuffle. Jasmine's heart seemed to rise to her throat, pulsing there like a trapped bird. Steve! Her voice seemed very loud in the silent street, but no one paid any mind. She might have well have been invisible. Keeping pace with her boyfriend, she realized Steve had fallen into step with the other travelers on the road. As they moved onto the older section of the road, dusted with light gravel, the rasp of their shoes on the tiny stones made a kind of music, something lonely and lost. 
She looked around wildly. Other men surrounding her on all sides, but no one seemed to see her. Was she the only one not under some kind of spell? When Steve still failed to respond, she tried prodding the other people around her. But each shook off her hand wordlessly and kept walking, their eyes on the glowing light in the sky. Still trotting alongside Steve, she walked past a bar. The door hung open and music poured out into the night, but no one on the street seemed to notice. With one last pleading look at her unresponsive boyfriend, Jasmine ducked inside. Maybe she could find some answers, or at least some help. Anyone here? She called. Laughter came from the back room. She followed it. Hello? A door opened and a tall, slender woman in a red dress stumbled out. She hiccuped when she saw Jasmine. Sorry, honey. (laughs) I didn't see you there. Hey, Jasmine considered what to say. Can you tell me what's going on out there? She gestured at the street. Oh, that? It's the moon dance. A broad smile lit the woman's face. Then her brow crinkled in concern as she tried to focus her gaze on Jasmine. She blew out a breath that smelled of alcohol and fried food. Didn't your mother tell you? Jasmine shook her head, resisting the urge to wave away the stench of the other woman's breath. What did her mother have to do with anything? She hadn't been home all day, or much at all, here lately. It had been days since her and her mother had spoken directly. Mom didn't approve of Steve, so she'd been avoiding having to talk to her. She was tired of hearing about what was wrong with him. Frowning, Jasmine pressed her forehead against the window, cupping her hands around her eyes to block out the glare and see out into the night. The crowd still moved down the street, silently. Jasmine noticed, for the first time, that there wasn't a woman among them. She wrapped her arms around her waist and turned back to her hallway companion, confusion flooding her face. The woman swayed on her feet, and she rested a hand against the wall for balance. This must be your first one, huh? Don't worry, it'll be all right. The woman held out a hand. Come on, it's ladies' night. Not sure what else to do, Jasmine took the woman's hand and let herself be led to the back room where she'd heard the laughter burst from earlier. When she opened the door, Jasmine saw that the room was filled to bursting with people. All of them, women. To a night without men, her companion shouted. Someone else shoved a drink into Jasmine's hand, and she downed it, not giving anyone a chance to ask if she was 21. What's going on? Jasmine asked, gripping the arm of the woman who'd let her in. The woman leaned in to shout into Jasmine's ear over the noisy celebration, her breath a little damp against Jasmine's cheek. Just a little magic. We do it once a year. A little sacrifice to keep our town safe. Sacrifice? Jasmine lunged towards the door, thinking of Steve. What did the woman mean? Slender fingers patted her arm awkwardly, and the woman tugged her back into the room. It's all right, honey. It won't need all of them. 
most of them will be home in the morning. The good ones are usually safe. Jasmine shook the cup in her hand, jostling the ice, thinking about the lunar charts on her mother's bedroom wall, remembering the year that her father stayed for her birthday, the year she turned 10, the last time she'd seen him. Tears pricked at the corners of her eyes, and she wiped them away with the back of her hand, leaving her skin smeared with mascara. This is nuts. She turned to her companion, only to find that the woman had melted away into the crowd. Someone howled like a wolf, and all the women in the room joined in, a chorus of cries drowning out the music. Jasmine searched the faces around her, looking for someone who could explain this to her. She saw her English teacher, the candy shop lady, the nurse who had helped her arrange for birth control, a girl who had graduated from her high school the year earlier. But all of them were dancing and laughing. So many familiar faces, yet no one met her eye. Her head swimming, Jasmine pushed her way towards the center of the room and filled her cup from the punch bowl with something red and pungent. She downed the second cup as quickly as she had the first and then refilled it again. She was about to down a third when someone grabbed her elbow. She spun, sloshing the drink over her hand. Her curse died on her lips when she found herself face to face with her mother. She let the cup fall onto the floor and they both jumped back from the splash of the sticky liquid. Mom? Jasmine looked down at her mother's dress, a long dark gown strewn with jewels that glowed in the colorful lights like stars. Nothing like her usual jeans and t-shirts. She looked back into her mother's face and was startled to see her wearing makeup, elaborate winged eyeliner and bright eyeshadow. She looked beautiful. Mommy? Jasmine covered her mouth, embarrassed to have used such a childish moniker. Her mother smiled, a kind of indulgence or perhaps pity darkening her eyes. Happy birthday, sweetheart. Come on. Turning, she led the way to the back corner of the room. Jasmine stepped over the sticky mess on the floor, suddenly sober. She caught up to her mother just as she opened a door and stepped out into the night. She followed her. The air was chill after the heat of the crowded room, full of celebrating women. Her mother had stopped in the middle of the street, standing and facing the moon. A few men still walked towards the horizon ahead of where they stood. Her mother raised her arms and faced the sky, the light making the jewels on her dress glow. Jasmine stood beside her, arms wrapped tightly around her ribs, feeling lost and small. She wished her mother would hug her. Neither of them spoke for a long time. Jasmine watched the last of the men of the village walk beyond her view and disappear into the darkness before she spoke. Her voice came as a whisper. What is going on? I would have told you, but you didn't come home. The look on her mother's face was calm, though there was hurt in her voice. She sighed. Maybe it's better this way. When my mother told me, I didn't believe her. I called the hospital. I thought she'd lost her mind. Is this what happened to Dad? Her mother nodded, 
the good ones are usually safe. But I didn't take any chances. For years, I made sure he wasn't here on this night. Steve is out there. Jasmine enlaced her fingers with her mom's, pulling the joined hands to her chest. The softness spread in her mother's face. She stroked Jasmine's cheek, though her gaze remained fixed on the moon. He's made it this far. We'll know by morning. Jasmine was surprised by the attempt at comfort. You don't like him. (sighs) No. He's not good enough for you. Her mother laughed a single amused grunt. But you love him. So I hope for the best. A cloud floated across the moon, casting a shadow over the road. Jasmine leaned her head on her mother's shoulder, wondering what the best was going to turn out to be. You've been listening to the Night's End podcast, which is a production of Dissonance Media. Moondance was written by Samantha Bryant. Visit samanthabryant.com to find more of Samantha's speculative fiction. This episode was narrated by Rebecca Strazina. Rebecca is the host of the podcast, The West London Witch, where they share real stories about all things spooky, strange, mysterious, and the unexplained. You can find it for free wherever you listen to your podcasts. Why not follow them on Instagram at the West London Witch? Underscores between each word. Link is in the description. Jimmy Horrors was performed by James Barnett. Allegra was performed by Rebecca Strazina. This episode was edited and produced by James Barnett. And as always, stay horrific everyone.